Well, there's that piano riff, which means it's the start of another episode. You know it. You love it. It's episode seven of Fool's Gold Variety Hour. I am a co-host here named Tom. And I'm Zach. Also a co-host. Not to be confused with our producer, Craig. Thank you, Craig. Um, Good work, Craig. Now, giving us a thumbs up. Zach, have you seen, because, you know, the fans have asked for it and... We were remiss last episode to linger so long before getting to the fans' request of... Yeah, and we did not give the fans a lot of time with their specific request, which I believe was Pig. This is true, but it's because we just loved it. Everybody go watch Pig. Great movie. This time, uh, they wanted us to watch Trolls 2 World Tour. Uh, Yeah. Zach, any thoughts on Trolls 2 World Tour? They are in it. They meaning our fans... the the Mac the McElroy brothers are in it because they had that whole podcast thing. Yes, uh, they the McElroy they, brothers are in it. Our fans are not, unless no. some of our listeners are the McElroy brothers or Anna Kendrick and Justin Timberlake. I'd settle for um, Sam Rockwell. He's in that movie. He he. I wish he would listen to our show. If anybody who was in Trolls Two or worked on Trolls Two World Tour listens to our show, I personally will send them. A one dollar bill, one American dollar. I did not specify uh, which currency, but it sounds like Zach will send an American dollar. I will send a Nigerian dollar. I don't know. Does Nigeria use dollars? Is that their currency? I hope so. It's like I'm trying to think of who uses dollars. I think Canada, Australia, um, uh, the U.S. I'm sure there are more, but I, I can't think of. So have you seen Trolls 2 World Tour, Zach? Believe it or not, I actually haven't. Um, it came out, it was supposed to come out like end of March 2020, right? Mm, sure. And and it things at the end of March 2020, not very good for the world, for the movie going public. Um, I believe it went to Hulu or it went to like a digital ticket in which you could pay 20 bucks and you could see it online. I was, I did not take that opportunity, even though I had been following as previously mentioned, the, the McElroy brothers quest to gain roles in, in the movie, mm-hmm. but I never actually got around to watching it. So I'm, I'm a bit of a, I'm a bit of a poser, a bit of a fake fan. Also, one of the McElroys was in um, the one movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, Mitchell's versus the Machines. That's the one. Griffin allegedly voiced a fr- refrigerator in, in that movie. Yeah. I, I have seen Trolls 2 World Tour. I watched it with my nephew and niece once uh, upon a time. And I thought, from what I remember, I remember thinking, hey, this is a fun kids movie. I'm sure glad the kids are having the time of their lives while watching this. And I can continue to only pay half attention to them and spend the other half on my phone because I'm a good I, uncle. I watched Trolls 1 with a few friends the night of the 2018 midterm elections. Uh, I remember those like the back of my hand. I could not tell you how those elections went. I know I voted for them, but um, I don't remember. I actually voted against them. Voted against the election. Yes. I said, we don't need midterms this year. It would be cool if like one year when things are. No, it wouldn't. I can't. 
I, I, that was an idea. And then as soon as I thought it and said it aloud, I was like, nope, no, nah, it wouldn't. We, it All would right. not be cool if we just took a year off of an election year. It's like, you know, it's Correct. all cool. Correct. We'll just, we'll just let this one ride. We'll see you next year. It's all fun and games until somebody drops their marshmallow into the fire. Yeah. So, yeah, that's our thoughts on Trolls 2. I do have to quick give a shout out uh, to my roommate, Daniel, who has um, listened to one episode of this podcast um, because he saw that we mentioned the seven deadly sins in the tweet write up. Yeah. And he thought we were going to talk about the anime, The Seven Deadly Sins, which he quite likes. Hmm. So he went ahead and took the time to give us a listen on episode. He, I believe he that would have been five. He sat through an entire episode. He sure did. Uh, on only, his way, only, only to be disappointed. On his way to and from work. And let me give you some highlights of the texts I received while I was at my new job uh, doing orientation. I hate both of your thoughts on Assassin's Creed. Um, he would not be the only person who I got criticism back regarding Assassin's Creed. Right. And then when he got home, he was like, neither of you had seen the movie. Why were we even talking about it? And I'm like, well, we established pretty early that we didn't see it. And then neither of us well, really yeah. talked about the film. Every, almost every movie, the quote unquote fans who are definitely real and definitely want things from a, because us. there's definitely a Patreon. Yeah. Um, if you look hard enough, you can find it. Um, hmm. I haven't seen like Pig and Speed Racer. And um, I think those might be the only two that I've actually seen. Yeah. So he didn't love that because he's a big Assassin's Creed guy. Um, he also wished that my Seven Deadly Sins pitch was for an anime. And all things considered, he did not give our podcast a great review. And I don't think we're going to get another listen from him. But that's, that's OK. You can't win them all. That's a bummer. But yeah, you know what? I don't expect this podcast to be for everyone. You know, I wish it could be. Uh, I'm yeah. going to try. My, I'm going to try my best to make it that way. But it's not. It just it can't be. It can't be yeah. for everyone. Like it's not for Joe Manchin. That's fair. That's true. I don't. I, we, in fact, I did accuse him of stabbing me in the back. Yeah, a couple episodes ago. So other people, this podcast isn't for. Um, Vladimir Putin, although if he's listening and speaks English fluently enough, sir, it's time to stand down. Yeah, stop. Just stop. Just stop. Will you please stop? Um, yeah. So other than those two outliers, uh, I think we can get, you know, most people. It's a pretty wide swath between those, I feel. Yeah. Which, of course, leads us to the next segment because, Zach, there's been a lot of bad news. And I think the only way people are going to be able to handle bad news is if it's read to them in a sweet, sweet, smooth voice, which is why we call this next segment ASM Mark Wahlberg. Okay. So okay. I'm, going to, I'm going to go ahead and say some bad news as Mark Wahlberg and then Zach's going to do some news as Mark Wahlberg and we'll go back and forth until we get all the bad news out of the way for our viewers. Here we go. Neither of us, to my knowledge, do good Mark Wahlberg impressions. Well, we'll see. Well, not, that's not going to stop us from trying. Do you have headlines you're going to send to me or? No, I'm just. Do I need to look for something? Hey, y'all, climate change is real. Is it my turn or is it like... Yeah, no, that was the whole headline. Climate change is real. Hey, there's some pretty whack things happening in Ukraine right now. 
Guys, they were giant sloth bones that they found in Los Angeles. Nobody knows where they came from. That's not bad news, in my opinion. I'm interested. Um, John Hamm is in a Fletch reboot, and no one knows about it. John Hamm has started doing progressive commercials, and what concerns me most about that is uh, that one guy in England who got so high on the ganja that he cut off his own uh, member. Oof. It was a Florida man in England. England man. Um, people have weird opinions about She-Hulk twerking. Yeah, for real. What is with that? That is a weird... Here's, yeah. I think it is... I do not like it. I think it's kind of cringy. That said, it's not my show. You know, I didn't make She-Hulk the show. Right. And, and it, it wasn't like, made for us or Joe Manchin or Putin. Yeah. And like I, I'm watching She-Hulk right now, basically waiting for Daredevil to show up. And I mean, it's She-Hulk has always done that sort of fourth wall break, even before Dared, before Deadpool did it. So it's like you can do weird things with the She-Hulk show. That's fine. I, I think it's weird that they're just like, hey, in this episode, Megan Thee Stallion is here. It's very much out of nowhere. I mean, it's not out of character for Marvel to do celebrity cameos, but even then, it's just something about it just is, does not work. But you know what? I'm not going to care about it. Right. I'm not going to care about it. What, it why, 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 would I, why would I care about it? Right. Yeah. Um, and that's all, that is all I will say as to that. I fully, I fully agree with, with everything you're saying. Hey, uh, that's all for ASM Mark Wahlberg. Zach, you watch uh, Rings of Power? I did watch Rings of Power. Both episodes? I did. Here's the thing. I am not a top-of-the-line Tolkien nerd. I don't know all the ins and outs of all the stuff. Mm -hmm. But I will say those first two episodes looked... Uh, I, I enjoyed them a whole lot. They were they, a real good time. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that they are competently made. The mm -hmm. show is. I don't necessarily think it'll be like my favorite show of all time, but I, the complaints I have regarding those two first episodes are fairly minimal. I fully agree. And here's um, what I can, here's what I can tell you. I, my understanding is it's like pitched and built for five seasons and Amazon invested a billion dollars into making that happen. So they need, mm -hmm. My, I guess one of my questions for Zach, who is sort of the uh, film industry understander of this podcast. That's overselling it. I mean, I try my best, but really. When it's on streaming, how do you possibly be like, ah, yes, we made our billion back? That is a great question. And part of the reason why I think calling like some one of the criticisms I've seen of the concept of the show is calling it a cash grab. And I feel like they're going to be pouring far more money into this than they'll ever get back from it, which which makes it very much seem like less of a cash grab. I really don't know how streaming works as far as like getting revenue back, because right. like you're going to get some from from new subscribers. Right, you're going to get maybe some money from like licensing merchandise. But you're not going to get money, especially in Rings of Power, you're not going to get money from product placement. Right. You're not going to get money from, um, yeah, any any place. It's it's weird. I don't understand how 
streaming services can be profitable. And I know many of them are not. I don't know how that works with Prime. I know Prime makes a lot of money in other places, and maybe that's why they Amazon yeah. makes a lot of money in other places, and they can just put that into Prime Video. But if you're, uh, if really, you've, sorry. yeah, I don't want to necessarily spoil it for people who haven't seen it, but I do want to just, if you're anything like me, uh, you haven't read The Silmarillion. Uh, I've read the books. I've watched the movie. I've read the Lord of the Rings trilogy and The Hobbit, and I've watched those movies, extended editions. There are various things that happen already in the first two episodes that I was a little confused by. Uh, so I asked my brother, who's a huge Lord of the Rings nerd, just for some context. And I think it would be helpful and maybe interesting for me to just, you know, give a little 90 second little yeah. like here are some interesting, important, perhaps yeah, things. I'm very have. much on the same page as far as I read the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit. I've seen the movies. I've done a little bit of outside research as to specific concepts and figures in like the greater Tolkien Middle Earth lore, but like I have not read the Silmarillion. I haven't read any of the other sort of things. I didn't even really put a lot of work into like the footnotes and appendices in sure. uh Lord of the Rings. So uh yeah. a lot of this is just going by like what I can read on Wikipedia and what I remember from what I actually did read. So yeah. So the show's gonna start by talking about a entity named Morgoth which if you recall Mordor, it sounds a little similar. So Morgoth, uh, basically the benevolent, kind, good deity when it was creating Middle-earth was doing it in song, and it was singing a song. And, and Morgoth started singing a counter melody that wove evil into like the ingredients of creation. Um, and Morgoth was then defeated Morgoth's not in the picture. He's completely removed. He's chained. He might return for sort of the last battle. Not in the show. It's like post, post, post yeah, like everything. Middle Earth apocalypse sort of situation. Right. Like it's he's he's chained in the void, whatever mm -hmm. that is. And like he's not coming back. But his general, think of or so the emperor, the Vader to his emperor is Sauron. Um yeah. so Sauron's like, that that's fairly like outside like it is not super deep Silmarillion lore, everything we've talked about up to this point. Sure. Like, I'm sure a, some of this is in, like, Lord of the Rings appendices and stuff like that, but it's it's fairly easy to understand as far as now. So Right. So, so then Sauron still, sure, serves Morgoth, but not in, like, a... They're not communicating. They're not... Like, he just kind of serves him conceptually and mm -hmm. is living out his ideals, sort of. Sauron is sort of a, if we're going to use the analogy of Christianity, which is what Tolkien was doing, Sauron is sort of like an angel, sort of a high tier, an archangel. Yeah. Um, but then under him would be sort of Belrog's wizards, yeah. what have you. And that's um, why uh, Gandalf in Two Towers calls the Balrog the Balrog of Morgoth, because it is like as hierarchical. Right. Like, it is and then, Balrog. And then two two other things that I was confused by, because I remember in the books and in the movies, The Two Towers, it talks about how orcs are uh, made from elves. Like, all orcs used to be elves that were tortured for, like, 500-some years by Sauron and then were corrupted and became orcs. So it's weird. It was weird for me 
in Rings of Power when the elves were like, oh, we got to go to Middle Earth because there's a bunch of orcs and it was our first time leaving. But like, I'm like, how? So not surprisingly, I don't know the right word for this. There's different races, ethnicities, types, classes of elf mm-hmm. uh, from different. This is why the, the elves with the wooden armor in the show are very different than like Galadriel yeah. and in what have way. you. Because there's yeah. different regions on the other side of the sea, and southern elves were there long before northern elves. Northern elves only went over once their trees were destroyed. Yeah, that like they're like the high elves are from Valinor, which is like the realm, like the eternal realm of like right. the the Tolkien gods, but also the right. elves are there, and like and the the beings that will become like the angelic like gandalf type people yeah. are also yes. from there yes and two blue wizards came to middle earth centuries before the brown the gray and the white wizard which would be radagast gandalf and saruman yeah um but yes so that's that is how there can be orcs and elves only leaving for the first time because there's just different i don't know it's not species different types of elf yeah um and that's a thing if you were confused like me about that and you are particularly lauded in elven culture if you were in the elven land on the other side of the sea that's bright when the original trees had their light Mm -hmm. Um, which is why galadriel is so high up in the ranks yep because she was there and the only other thing worth clearing up, I know I said 90 seconds and we're well past that, is they're going to talk a lot about these little things called Silmarils. <laughs> and unless you want to read what could be the world's most boring book, a super there was these super bright trees that provided light to the elven land. And there was a ingenious blacksmith in elven culture who was able to capture the light, original light of those trees within jewels and he threw one into the earth he threw one into the sea and he threw one into the sky um and it's the skies then became like constellations and stars the one in the sea we don't know anything about the one in he threw into the earth presumably will be found in the show or has been found if you've seen the first few episodes so yeah yeah well they 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 very vaguely allude to that I feel Mm -hmm. in the first two episodes, like there's a brief conversation between um, Elrond and Celebrimbor about it. Yes, Uh, it's very sort of offhanded. So Uh, and I to my knowledge, they are not planning on making this adaptation, this series, a strict adaptation of Silmarillion. It from my from what I am aware, it's a more or less original plot using like specific characters and events in the gaps of like both the Silmarillion and like the appendices in Lord of the Rings, because Amazon, I don't believe has the full rights to the Silmarillion, but they have licensed the characters and like world of middle earth and like the things mentioned in the appendices in Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit, and they can do whatever they want with those. Uh, sure. But anything that is directly out of the Silmarillion that isn't in the other books, I don't know how much of that they can actually touch. 
Yeah. So I um I really enjoyed it. People should watch it. If you haven't seen Lord of the Rings, you don't have to worry too much. It's um I think you'd still be able to jump in. Yeah. Um and I, I think it's it's really beautiful. Like it just looks really oh, yeah. good. Production design wise, like it is probably exactly what you'd want out of something like this. Um, I think the sort of disconnected plot lines in the first two episodes are a little there there were some I cared a whole lot more about than others. And like whenever they would like, oh, we're over here now following this character, sometimes it would just like, oh no, I wanted to see what would happen with the next one. So um some of the stories have yet to really pick up as far as like narrative momentum. But right. So that is that little segment. Zach, did you have a segment you wanted to Yes, I we were requested uh, to talk about uh, what the best Pixar movie is and why it's Ratatouille. Oh, okay. Do you not? What are your What are your thoughts on Ratatouille? I enjoy Ratatouille. I think Ratatouille is great. I think that um, it's not the best Pixar movie. See, but... I would argue that it's pretty close to the best Pixar movie. I think that Toy Story Two. Well, okay. Do we need to delineate between best and favorite? I, I like to personally. So do I. So. And I think Ratatouille sits pretty high on both of those lists for me. It sits lower on favorite for me. It sits higher on best, but it's still, I don't know. I think the first three Toy Stories in both categories are pretty steep competition. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I would agree. I would agree. But. I, I, I mean, I enjoy Ratatouille. Yeah. It's famously the only Pixar movie that has used uh, Will Arnett. This is true. You are a big Will Arnett fan. Um, I am. Something that we have not talked a lot about on this podcast, surprisingly. He's not been doing a lot. <laughs> Fair. Is he still doing uh, the Lego thing? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I just think from like a nostalgia perspective and a like groundbreaking animation perspective the first three toy stories are like default top of those both of those lists with favorite and best mm -hmm. uh i like toy story 4 a lot i don't know if it's as high up on either list as the original three are i'd agree with that um but i think i i think ratatouille is like next after that for me though uh I'm comfortable putting Ratatouille ahead of Cars. I'm comfortable. Okay, so for for favorite, uh, it's not ahead of Coco for me. Coco might be their best thing. Might have been their best work since Inside Out. I would say. Yeah, Coco is is gonna be in ahead of Ratatouille in my favorites. As for best, like I, yeah, I could go either. You could convince me of either one. Um, I prefer for both best and favorite, I prefer uh, Monsters, Inc., but I'm fine throwing Ratatouille ahead of Nemo, Incredibles. Uh, I'm conflicted about Up. Look, here's the thing. I don't know if Ratatouille is going to... This is a hard sell for me. Up was is really interesting because it is a movie that I remember lo loving when I first saw it. And, like, for the next, like few years it was probably like my favorite toy story thing i mean not my favorite pixar thing excuse me but i don't know if i come came back to it i would be as 
like on top, like as like, yeah, up. Like it's a great, like it's a great movie. I don't know if I would rank it as high as I used to though. Sure. But I mean, yeah, Ratatouille is definitely up there. It's ahead of most of the recent stuff. It's certainly for me ahead of Lightyear, Turning Red, Luca, Soul, Onward, Toy Story 4, Incredibles 2, Cars 3, Finding Dory. Yeah, I mean, it's top top five. But I just, those Toy Story movies, Coco. My hot take is I, I do not particularly enjoy the movie Wally. I I like Wally. I like Wally a lot because I, I think a good I like how the first like half hour of that movie is mostly a silent film and sure. you're really just letting the animation speak for itself. I think that's really good. I think it's a great um, having having a protagonist that is very empathetic, but who does not speak. Or at least does not speak in like a traditional way is really cool. I won't say that it like derails, but it just like. I, I like Wally as well. I'll say I'll, I'll, I like Wally. I don't know if I like Wally more than up, but I like Wally. Um, I was just seeing if I ever made a Pixar list, like a ranked list. I'm scrolling through my letterbox right now. Uh, Tom, there's a new while I'm looking for this. There's a new um, Paul Schrader movie. Oh, uh, it's called Master Gardener, and I have no idea what it's about. Uh, stars. Um, oh, here it is. It stars uh, Joel Edgerton and Sigourney Weaver. I will check that out before I went to a movie, a matinee today, and there was a trailer for um, that new movie with Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson. Uh, ooh, 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 I saw this, yeah. And it looks amazing. Brendan Gleeson is just like, I'm not your friend anymore. <laughs> it's just... it, is, it is such a Martin, Mc... Martin McDonough is the writer and director of that, and he, um, he did In Bruges, which has the same two main leads. Um, and he did three billboards, which I really liked when I first saw it and have soured a bit on since, um, sure. and he, he's written a couple really good plays. And like the a thing that a lot of his work predicates on is, uh, like violence as a means of both comedy and raising dramatic stakes and the, the use or like the implication of violence in this Banshees of Anishrin, which is the, his newest one, is so like clear and so like obviously like a a Martin McDonough thing that's like if you keep talking to me, I'm gonna start chopping my fingers off. Like that is such like a a gimme. It seems like I will watch it and I probably will enjoy it. Uh, here are how would how would you like me to read through these top these Pixar movies? Uh, to be clear, I have not seen uh, Lightyear, Turning Red, Luca. Cars 3, or Good Dinosaur. What are, um, what are my options for how you read through these? Yeah, worst to best or best to worst? Worst to best. Okay. Bottom of the list, Cars 2. Okay. Makes sense to me. Uh, Brave. I've not seen, so sure. Brave's interesting. Like, I don't think, like, if, if it were made by any other uh, animation studio, like, if it were a DreamWorks thing, like, I would probably like it more. It's just, it seems so, like, not Pixar. There are certain other parts of it that I think are kind of like, eh, but um, uh, Cars 1 is after Brave. That's a little low, but yeah, sure. Uh, Finding Dory. Yeah, that's low for me. Very forgettable, in my opinion. Um, Onward, a similar sort of situation to to Brave, in which I feel like if it were made by a different animation studio, it would be would be better. 
Do you have thoughts sure. on Onward? Uh, I, yeah, yeah, I have, I have mixed thoughts. I have one large casting complaint with Onward. Yeah, what is that? Uh, I'm not going to be the guy who like jumps on a Chris Pratt hate train, but I do think that the movie would be considerably better if it weren't Chris Pratt as the geeky brother and it were Jack Black as the geeky brother. I think it's perfect. I have no notes for that. I mean, it'd be better. It's such sure. an obvious like Jack Black character that I don't know why they thought Chris Pratt was the guy to do it. Monsters University, which I will say is not a bad movie. I actually found Monsters University to be quite enjoyable, just not high on my Pixar list. Incredibles 2 after Monsters University. Uh, that seems a little low to me, but all right. Yeah. The, it's it's weird. Uh, I mean, I like Incredibles 2. I mean, I love Incredibles 1. Yeah. Um, also, Incredibles 2, Bob Odenkirk's in that. That is true. As a character who looks very similar <laughs> to Bob Odenkirk. Jonathan Banks also in that. I love it. Uh, Bugs Life after after that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Finding Nemo after that. That seems appropriate. Uh, then Toy Story 4, then Soul, and I feel like Soul upon a rewatch might fall a bit. There are some parts of Soul that I really, really do like, though. Sure. Up is after Soul, mm -hmm. then it's Monsters, Inc., then it's Inside Out, then it's Wally. -E, then it's Coco. Okay. And now for the top five. Mm -hmm. Incredibles, Ratatouille, and then the three Toy Stories, who I have placed in chronological order on this list probably just because i couldn't rank one above the other sure i would say your list is close to mine i think i would just have ratatouille down one or two positions um mm. so i'm sorry to the listener who begged us to talk about ratatouille and how we disagree but if you want to start a podcast dedicated to ratatouille i would listen to at least one episode hmm if you link it, I like, uh, I like Ratatouille. It's a good. Um, I like any 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 movie where people cook a lot of food is probably up there for me. So this, of course, leads us to other things fans requested. They requested that Zach explain what Tumblr is. I, I don't. Say, I don't know. It's a cesspool. But beyond that, Zach, take it away. I it's don't know. It's a lot of good internet funny content comes from Tumblr. Yeah, I, it's from what I know, it's a like a blog site. Mm -hmm. You can write your blogs there or you can like post random thoughts there as as a as a user and then you can respond to them. It's like it's just it's like a forum slash blog site. And that's all I know. It was big among teenagers at, at a time. I don't know if it still is. I remember they banned a lot of nsfw content a few years ago and people were passionate about that decision um mm -hmm. there's a lot of fanfic on tumblr i think that's oh, i'm sure there is i'm sure there is any place in which you can post long-form things makes sense for, as a place for fanfic yeah. to be um and then fans wanted me to explain what an nft was um to See, which I, I, could, will... I could explain it in an nft i feel nfts are uh beena babies for older men who get for mad when there are people of color in star wars or lord of the rings yeah 
so NFTs are just the bean of babies of uh, for for that sort of person. My understanding of them is uh, essentially if I take a photo of the Mona Lisa and then I send you that photo and I'm like, you own it now, it's yours. But then like somebody could take a photo of the photo I took of the Mona Lisa off of your phone. It's not the OG, like, but, but they, they could have that photo, but it's not like the OG OG because I deleted the OG from my computer. So you have the most recent rendition, I suppose, of that uh, conglomeration of pixels on a screen. There's something to do with the blockchain and how the blockchain stores like your significant of ownership and thus it's supposed to be immutable. The easiest way to understand an NFT is to watch the SNL sketch. What's an NFT? And if you still don't understand it, you probably get it more than most people. So, but yeah, essentially being a baby's for racist people. They're not for for libertarians. Yes, that's a better way of putting it. Not that all libertarians are racist, but gosh, all racists. No, that seems like a heck of a lot of racists are libertarian. Yeah. So, uh, oh, and then we had one person say they wanted us to talk about the Apple Car, which I know shockingly little about. Yeah, Um, I, I, I I forgot that there was going to be one. What's interesting is that fifty percent of Tesla owners say they would definitely consider or would prefer buying an Apple Car. Apple uh, is still a few years away from the introducing of its car. Uh, the company is planning a major revamp, and Apple's just, plans... I, it just looks like a car with an iPad inside of it. <laughs> they, like, all they have is the dashboard. Like, they, I'm not seeing any images of, like, a like an exterior. Apple's ambitious goal is to have self-driving EV, which is um, electric, vehicle yeah self-driving electric vehicles without steering wheels by 2025 i think that's ambitious that's uh that's ambitious but i i believe i i feel like i believe in apple a bit more than tesla at this point that's true and you know what they say you always under you you always achieve less than you think you can in one year but you always achieve more than you think you can in five Hmm. so will i get an apple car probably Probably not. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't it's think probably going to be, you know, outside my price range. Yeah. But um, will I happily trade in and get myself a nice little hybrid vehicle? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I don't know how much value your Lincoln currently has. You know, I'm trying to figure out if I can sell that as an antique. <laughs> but uh, Carvana offered me $400. People on the Internet who have seen pictures have offered me a few thousand. So... Yeah, Carvana is not to be trusted. It's it's going to be much more, yeah, as like a collector's thing or as like a someone who likes an old classic car sort of thing is going to maybe be a bit more interested in that than like a a retailer or like a dealership. It seems my my Ford Explorer, which is was in need of a new uh, oil pan and radiator, sold to a salvage yard for two hundred bucks. So. Which it was probably worth more than, but that was all that they were willing to pay. And I needed to get rid of it. And I couldn't really trade it in with those big of repairs that were needed. So what else do we got, Tom? Well, it is the first time we are recording in September, which, of course, means that trailers are finally dropping and beginning to be released for holiday films. 
the holiday, meaning Christmas. Yep. Um, and <clears throat> what I have is a fun little game that will lead into my uh, Tom bomb. Um, We're running short. We can, we can stretch this out a little bit, too. If you oh, this to. game is going to take some time. Okay. This game is Zach guesses, uh, because Zach did such a good job guessing last episode. Zach guesses which of these Christmas movies I made up and which of these aired on Hallmark. Yeah, this is a game that has been played on multiple other podcasts, but, you know. Oh, really? Okay, great. Yeah, I'm sure the McElroys did this at one point. I believe Drew Gooden on YouTube did this at one point with his wife, but I am down to play. All right. Uh, here's what you can do. I, I Just to make it fun, uh, you can, if you want, ask me for the synopsis. Ask me who it's starring. Uh, you can ask me if Candace Cameron Bure is in it. And you can ask me where it's streaming. Okay. Those are, those are questions you can ask if you want to learn more after just the title. Uh, these, when I ask who's starring, it usually will likely be a washed up TV actor. Um, some, some woman who used to be big and now isn't, uh, maybe an old, older movie star who needs some more work. And then just a lot of like seemingly anonymous white people. And I want to be very clear with you. Um, all of these movies that are real and are Hallmark are, are set to release this calendar year of our Lord, 2022 sure. they, they or they last year or they released last year. Okay. So they are within this, this year and last year. All right. Ready? Yep. Never kiss a man in a Christmas sweater versus is am I not giving choices? No, okay. no, no. You're just saying if that's real or fake, you can ask All me right. again. Synopsis. Yeah. You can, yeah. Just tell me everything you've got about this. Sure. Uh, single mom Maggie is facing Christmas alone until Lucas crashes into her life and becomes an unexpected house guest. Together they become, together they overcome Christmas while finding comfort in their growing bond. Starring Ashley Williams and Niall Matter. Candace Cameron Bray is not in this film. Um, I don't, I don't think a Hallmark movie worth its salt would say don't kiss a man in a Christmas sweater. I think that that is shockingly negative for a Hallmark movie title. This is a real Christmas movie. So it is real. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Never kiss a man in a Christmas sweater. All right. Movie two. Rad. That's R-A-D. Rad Santa. What happens when a thrice divorced dad, Ian Zierling, Zierling, I, it's Ian, Ian Zeering. When a thrice divorced dad, Ian, that guy. Zeering. Yeah, he was in Sharknado. Ah, goes broke, investing in a string of Dippin' Dots kiosks. A mm. holiday miracle because he meets somebody who is plumb out of holiday cheer. Gina Torres. No way. Gina Torres, Ian Zeering. But a chance. But Gina, a chance. Tor Gina Torres <laughs> is too good for this movie. <laughs> a chance cup of cocoa with a former UFC advertising executive 
turned small town real estate agent Tom Green gives Mort an unexpected second chance at life and love. And this is uh, Rad Santa. Uh huh. I think this is fake because I don't think they would branded dip and dots. Um, that is that is fake. Although. Yeah. Let's I'm, talk about Dippin' Dots for a hot sec. I don't. Big, big props for you pulling Ian Zeering, Gina Torres, and Tom and Tom Green for this this fake description. One, Gina Torres is way too good for a movie like this. Ian Zeering is not, and I don't think Tom Green would want to do this. But I can kind of see Tom Green doing it instead, doing it anyway. So, like, it was there were some believable aspects to this. Here's what I can tell you. I remember whenever I was at the zoo, I really wanted Dippin' Dots. And right now, if you offered me Dippin' Dots, I'd be like, oh, yeah. But I also don't understand the appeal and how they're still in business. Is their market, their their model is just like balls of ice cream, right? That's what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, I think it, it's very much just a novelty that you can get at the zoo or at the mall, you know? Like you could have normal sure. ice cream or you could, which you could have anywhere. Normal ice cream is boring. Or you right. could have the special pellet ice cream. Right. All right. Next Hallmark movie. Chris Kringle, License to Mingle. It's the most wonderful time of the year because Santa's divorce is finally official. So sorry. It's December 26 and Chris Kringle is officially off the clock. Fun, flirty, and single for the first time in over 1,700 years. Kringle is the most festive bachelor on Santa Swipe. But the North Pole's jolliest resident meets his match when he encounters Anne T. Halliday, a former record executive turned city council zoning expert who informs Santa that his permits have lapsed. I don't think this is real. Who, who's in who's in this? Uh Chris Kringle is played by uh <coughs> Chris Katana. Yeah, no, and, this isn't real. This isn't and, real. No, 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 no. Auntie Halliday is played by uh Holly Robinson Pete. Yeah, this is fake. Chris Katan cannot play Santa Claus. All right, it is fake. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I I don't think a Hallmark movie would glorify divorce in the way that this description <laughs> has. And I don't think Chris Kattan could play Santa Claus. I don't even know if Chris Kattan is still acting anymore. All right. Next, we have The Christmas Doctor. A week before Christmas, Dr. Alicia Wright is offered an assignment away from home. A mysterious man from her past journeys to find her before Christmas and brings with him a revelation that could change Alicia's life forever. With Holly Robinson Pete and Adrian Holmes. This could be real playing a doctor who was called away on an assignment seems like the weird sort of fake sort of thing that a Hallmark movie would do. Yeah, it's real. I'm going to say it's real. It's real. I've been mostly on top of these. It's real. All right. Next we have it's a beautiful life. Oh, oh, oh. Frank Capra's beloved holiday classic. It's a wonderful life. Gets the shot for shot remake. It so richly deserves starring the small screen dream team. 
of Judd from Real World San Francisco and Psych star Maggie Lawson, the jukebox musical rendition of this holiday staple combines the cinematic gravitas of It's a Wonderful Life with the audio jambalaya of Swedish techno maestro's Ace the Bass. I don't think this is real, but this is... I feel actual pain hearing this description. I don't think it's real. I don't think anyone would dare. It's fake. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Uh, that seems like the worst possible version of something like this. A God wink Christmas. Second chance. First love. God wink. Yep. After 15 years, Pat moves from Hawaii with his two sons and through a series of coincidences or God winks. <laughs> ends up stuck in traffic next to his high school sweetheart, Margie. Oh, and it's Christmas. Is is God Wink a thing? Is that something people say? Apparently. Who's in it? Brooke Dorsey and Sam Page. I don't know who they are. Um, I'll say real. It is real. Yeah. That's a real movie. That seems bad, and I wouldn't watch it. Love, Lights, yeah. Hanukkah. A little interfaith uh, holiday Hallmark movies. As Christina prepares her restaurant for its busiest time of year, she gets back a DNA test revealing that she's Jewish. The discovery leads her to a new family and an unlikely romance over the next eight nights. Who's in this? Mia Kirshner. And Marie Lou Henner. Mary Lou Henner. Maybe, maybe Mary Lou Henner would do something like this. Um, also Ben Savage. I'm going to say it's real. I don't know if it's a Hallmark specific one, though. It is real, and it yeah. aired on the Hallmark channel. Time for us to come home for Christmas. Ooh, that's a long title, Tom. This movie was executive produced by Blake Shelton. Hmm. And it stars Lacey Shabert. Yep. And okay. Stephen Hazar. Or Huzar? Hazar? Time for us to come home for Christmas. What's it about? Five guests that are mysteriously invited to an inn to celebrate Christmas. With the help of the owner, Ben. Sarah discovers that an event from the past may connect them and change their lives forever. Hmm. So I know Lacey Shabert or Lacey Shaber or whatever has been in a ton of these. <laughs> a ton of these. Um, people may know her as Gretchen from uh, Mean Girls. She was also in the Christian Mingle movie, which, Tom, I would love to tell you about. because it is. Have you it, watched that? I have not watched it. I've watched many people recap it. I see. Um, Blake Shelton. Blake. Sh I also have know that Blake Shelton is not immune to these either. I don't think he ever plays a romantic lead, but he does have a shorter track record of appearing in, in films like these. It's a bad title, but I believe it's real. It is real. And Blake Shelton really did produce it. Can I so recap? It, yes. Recap Christian Mingle. I would love to recap Christian Mingle, and I would also like to briefly recap my sister's two favorite Hallmark-style Christmas movies. All right. And that'll bring us up to bombs, and we can do that. So Christian Mingle is about a girl 
who is unlucky, unlucky in the dating scene. So she tries um, Christian Mingle and matches with a guy and must pretend to be a Christian in order to keep this guy. Cause she really likes this guy who she met. I mean, we've all been there to some, after all he's, after all he's Christian automatically a catch. And then as, as many rom-coms are want to do, the lie is exposed and the couple breaks up, but then she goes on a journey of conversion slash self-improvement. And I believe they do end up together at the end. Yeah. Uh, my sister's favorite Hallmark movies. There's one, I believe called a Christmas angel which is about this uh, sort of sort of like uh, this is it's about this woman who lives next door to this charming, friendly old man named Nick, uh, who is not Santa. Very clearly, he is not Santa. He does not necessarily look like Santa. And she forms a friendship with this man. And the woman is unemployed. So she uh, Nick hires her and she doesn't know how Nick can hire her because she lives in a fairly like rundown apartment. and her neighbor Nick pretty obviously probably can't afford it either. And so, um, but she comes to find out that her neighbor Nick was once a billionaire businessman who for reasons I cannot remember has um, chosen to live a, a quiet life in a, a much cheaper apartment or living space for which he has the means and spends all year, but mostly Christmas, uh, giving away his money to people. That's kind of him. And, and there's, and so as she's beginning to work for Nick, there's this reporter who, uh, has like run into some bumps in his job and has been demoted and is, has caught wind of Nick's sort of philanthropy and wants to write a story on it as a means of making a comeback. And the girl who has this like really has like chemistry with this reporter, like romantic chemistry, has to struggle to figure out if she wants to tell this guy about what they're doing or if that would just like expose Nick and like have. Because Nick likes to do it anonymously. Um, So that's one of the ones that my sister likes a lot. Uh huh. The other one is called. um a golden Christmas. And it is about a, uh, these there are these two teenagers that, uh, not teenagers, probably like 10 year olds. It back in like the early eighties who spend like a, a summer together and they, they, they're like each other's crush. But after the end of that summer, the end of that summer, like they, they both go their separate ways and they never see each other again. But the, the one thing they both remember about that summer were each other and the fact that there was just this stray golden retriever that was just always, always with them as well. The golden retriever didn't belong to either of them, but was always with them whenever they hung out with each other. Fast forward to present day. You've got uh, your stereotypical Hallmark businesswoman, female lead, who doesn't get Christmas anymore. And you've got this, um, this single dad. Uh, who lives in the small town uh, with his daughter. And I believe they also have a golden retriever. I, I mean, I can't remember a lot of it, but they have a lots very, of dogs. They, 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 the woman is spending the holidays with her parents in this small town where she grew up and butts heads with this single dad multiple times over the course of the movie, 
for a reason I can't quite remember. And uh, I think the single dad wants to buy her parents' house. And and the Hallmark business lady is not a fan of that. But by the end, they realize that they like each other and they realize that they were the two kids who hung out with each other and that the dog that belongs to single dad may or may not be the same golden retriever that they grew up with. And the dog has puppies at the end, mysteriously. Um, How did they not? Okay. That's that's the movie. Well, the the thing is they never referred to each other as their actual real life names. When they were kids, they referred to each other as uh, Han and Leia. Oh, like Star Wars. Oh, is that where they're from? (sighs) Yeah. Uh, So those are the three. Hallmark movies that are always fresh in my head uh, because two of them have become Christmas staples at the at my family's time, much to my chagrin. Well, I've set here's here's I've set a uh, I've set a three minute timer. Okay. And because this year there are 33 Hallmark original movies coming out that they made for christmas 33 um and i'm gonna give us both we have three minutes and we've got to pitch 33 unique hallmark ideas i don't know if that's enough time oh we can do it you gotta you gotta pitch it and just give a one sentence explanation all right three two one go uh stereotypical hallmark movie in space Oh, in space. I love it. Uh, I've got a Hallmark movie under the underwater. Oh, I've got a Hallmark movie underground. Underground. Hallmark movie, but it's uh, uh, all instead of humans, it's dogs, but they're voiced by humans. I've got Um, baby. It's warm outside. Uh, It's a ski town that has no uh, snow and people fall in love. uh, 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 Hallmark movie heavily based on Shakespeare's King Lear. but Christmassy. Uh, Hallmark I've got not a lot, not not a latte Christmas spirit. Rival baristas falling in love. Uh, I'm not going to do titles because that'll take me way too long. Um, holiday Hallmark movie, but it's set in a retirement home. Um, oh, okay. Holiday Hallmark movie, but it's like a um, it's like a, a spy thriller. Um, uh, I got selfie on a shelfie. Uh, uh, YouTube streamer uh, hooked on social media m- meets one of her fans and they fall in love and it's not in any way creepy. Uh, Hallmark romance, holiday romance set during the Russian Revolution. Um, and that's what really happened to Princess Anastasia <laughs> is that she she abandoned the royal family to join uh, uh, the Bolsheviks. Um, uh, uh, dear, dear God, not another Christmas. And it, somebody uh, has to go back to work on Boxing Day, but they are so sad that they wish every day could be like Christmas. So then they get stuck in a Groundhog Day-esque scenario, but then they realize that they have to sit through all their family's political debates and they end up wanting to kill themselves. A full movie in which uh, Candace Cameron Bure is informed as to uh, the dangers of her political beliefs and she must explain said dangers to her brother, Kirk Cameron. Um, the, the, the beyond impossible Christmas movie where the people who make the beyond meat stuff, it's a, like a hardcore vegan and a guy who works for some meat, like a butcher fall in love. One with Tom Cruise in it. Oh, 
put uh, him in uh, a continuation of the Love Comes Softly movies. This time, set in the modern day. Oh no! Um, Chevy Chase is Santa Claus. Uh, um, Santa Hogs. It's a pig, a talking pig. John Cleese is Santa Claus. Uh, babe, pig in the Christmas time. Santa is a trucker and he, and he, instead of reindeer, he flies a magical semi around the world. Um, Mrs. Cl- oh, there's a time. I don't know if we got to 33. Yeah, I'm going to say we know. nailed it. I think we got upper 20s at least. Uh, honestly, some of those, I would watch the Russian Revolution one. Yeah. Uh, hey, hey, everyone, you, could, you should comment your favorite one. What was your favorite Christmas movie pitch that we just did? Also, you could pitch one to us. Yeah, you could. And we could read it on the podcast next Live time. and shout out your name. That's a real thing that we would do, maybe. Well, not next time. It would be two times unless I edit this one early. Oh, yeah, that is true. You ready for some good, good movie pitches? Yes, please. So basically, this movie is going to be a lot like The Purge, but it's a little different. Okay. Here we go. People have become... Their attention spans are so short and they're like their need for entertainment and always to be doing something becomes so high, like in a Black Mirror-esque way Mm. that um, to make life more exciting every day when it it turns over from 11.59 p.m. to midnight, every screen in the U.S. turns on and has the picture of one citizen and it is completely legal to kill that citizen in that 24-hour span and if you do you get five thousand dollars interesting i yeah hmm this is this is like it's like a focused purge yes um but it's one a day it's one a day i don't know as as a movie it's kind of um seems kind of grim but as like an episode of something like Black Mirror. You also might have to do one per state because the whole yeah. country is pretty big. So yeah. one per, we'll go one per state, 24-hour window, one, once a day, one person in each state. They, they, if they cross state lines and they can tell because they can track your phones, mm. immediately you're like, you're done. Uh, you can't cross. So you have to stay in your state and you have to survive one full day with everyone hunting you with a bounty. Hmm. And you have to keep your phone on you? Yep. And if, if, if you survive, you get to keep the bounty. That's a new thing I just invented. The, the, and the bounty is five grand? Okay, well, up at, well it's, it's well, whatever you think the bounty should be on a human life, Zach. I set no. it at five grand. So <laughs> we, can, we can go up to five million, sure. Yeah. I don't know. It's like, I don't know if five grand is, I mean, times, times are possibly tough in this universe that this movie in which this movie exists we'll go five million okay there are a lot of rules at play it's like pokemon go but with people and you don't catch them all you kill them all people mon go gotta kill them all and if you if you kill uh you gotta kill them all if you end up killing everyone for in your state there's somehow tears involved i don't know what they would be 
But like, if you're like, hey, let's, in this calendar let's, year, let's focus more on the movie than trying to actually craft this uh-huh, blood uh-huh, sport. Okay. Sure, 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 sure. I was um, just saying there should be rewards for people who are like, I killed thirty people this year. Yeah, maybe you become like a local celebrity or something, or a senator. Uh, <laughs> yeah, sure. I'll say it's not a bomb. It's not a. So you think it'd be a commercial success? With some maybe streamlining and like, I don't think that this would cost a lot to make. Oh yeah. So, with proper marketing, yes, I feel like as a as a commercial success, yes. And if marketing's to be believed, you could shoot the whole thing on an iPhone. Steven Soderbergh could. Yeah. Um, are you ready for pitch number two? Yeah. So a person dies at the beginning of the movie, uh, and they become a ghost or a spirit, if you mm. will. Um, but their physical body in the morgue becomes a zombie. So it's a buddy comedy. The same person is a ghost and a zombie. Uh, you see, the ghost is the brains, but can't do anything physical in the real world. They can't like yeah. grab things. The zombie is the dumb dumb, but has the sheer brute force. Hmm. Through what means is the zombie reanimated again? Did you uh, see that? I don't know, curse, experiment, lab accident. Okay, so just to be clear, the zombie has no, like, legitimate personality, though. Right, the ghost has to kind of get it to do what it needs to. But it may, the, maybe, it ha- maybe it has a a low-grade personality. Yeah, like, it can, it can, like, follow orders or, like, act, like, semi-emotionally. Yes. Um, but doesn't, like, have the means of speech or cognition or whatever right so when the ghost needs it to like buy something or get something it has to like maybe maybe that could work (laughs) all right i think i think yeah maybe how does the ghost manifest visually in the film does he look like a like a transparent person does he look like a like a just like a normal guy but he's only visible sometimes or he actually looks like um casper So he's he's, just a, like, he's he's like a wisp. Yeah. Okay. Uh so you're okay, we're two for two. It's not yeah, often that Zach, these are pretty these are pretty good so far. Zach doesn't often sign off on mine. No. Um all right. Are you ready what's for the, the third? Uh, what's the final? status of wheelchair werewolf while we're here? Uh, that was third and final. Okay, okay, okay. Third and final, the moment you've been waiting for, wheelchair werewolf. All right. A paraplegic man is bitten by a werewolf. Every morning, after the full moon, he wakes up on the ground a few feet from his wheelchair Mm. with his clothes all ripped. His love interest is a competitive tap dancer whose dream is to dog sled race in the great state of Alaska. Any questions? Do you think this will be insensitive to people with... Mobility problems. I think wheelchair werewolf winning a dog sled race is fun. I'm not sold on it. (laughs) Yeah. Listen, there wasn't a great way to make it work. Um, But I think the heart is there. I think we could workshop wheelchair werewolf a little bit more. Maybe. All right, I'll go back to the drawing board with Wheelchair Werewolf, but I think yeah. the 
some of the some of the bones of it are there unless the as a werewolf i gotta think yeah i don't know i'll think a little more on wheelchair werewolf but it's gonna be big when it comes okay the rest of the podcast is just gonna be me every week re-pitching wheelchair werewolf with some kinks worked out until you say it's a success i know i i realize that you have like a a killer title Uh you know and you want to do something with that titles have the battle that's and that's about as much as i feel like we're we're, we've got so far so fine hey everybody this has been a fun one we pitched a lot of movies in this one i hope you also enjoyed our our short spoiler-free explanation of rings of power and Um, talking about the apple car yeah and pixar and all that yeah thanks for listening and uh, uh we'll see you next time